Welcome to Heart of a Shepherd, a podcast from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Wisconsin. Now, here's Trinity's Rick Adams, Angela Axtman, and Pastor Carl Leyenbauer. Welcome back, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, and uh, we start another week of podcasts with uh, our senior pastor, Carl Leyenbauer. Hi, Rick. And Angela Axman. Hello, Rick. Both pleased to be with you again. And um, I'm also grateful that all of you have elected to continue with us through First Timothy. We find ourselves today in chapter 4 from verses 6 to 16. And I think what we're going to be seeing here is a reiteration of a couple of things that we've talked about in the previous podcasts but also some really healthy instruction for us to apply to our lives today. So, Pastor, why don't you start us off? All right, let's just read it. Paul says, If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. Okay, so again, we find ourselves, we're seeing some things that Paul referenced earlier on in this epistle. When you see what he says in verse 6 about uh, you're brought up in the truths of the faith, and then he says, have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wives' tales. It harkens back to chapter 1 when we were talking about the genealogies and Mm -hmm. the things that tended to be important to certain people at that time that are not important. And mm-hmm. I think we can maybe relate to that today, that we allow Satan sometimes to get ourselves get us directed in a in a place that he would it's not going to benefit us spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that certainly is not a an old or a a past trick. Satan continues to try to get us distracted by any means he can. And then we have that phrase where he's acknowledging the fact that he was brought up in the truths of the faith. And that harkens to the what we find out later about his mother, Lois, and grandmother Eunice. I think, is that mm-hmm. is that the correct designation for each woman? The mother was Lois, the grandmother was Eunice? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I always liked that, and I use that verse a lot when I'm... I'm teaching parents like in the Bible presentation workshops for the third grade, the parents of the third graders, really double down on 
the fact that we have an example in scripture of parents who started early in instructing their child in the ways of the faith. Because oh, Timothy it was certainly that. Grandmother Lois, Mother Eunice. Thanks. I did have it backwards. Oh, man. <laughs> so speaking of being distracted false, by silly things. False teaching. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But the point here is that we have some really, a, a great example in Timothy of a man, a young man who has been a believer from his infancy. Yeah. Was, was raised. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Is, I'm trying to put this in timeline. So let's see. This writ, is written in. 65-ish A.D. Jesus dies in 33 A.D., so Christian faith has been around for 32 years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Timothy as a young man could have been. Yeah, I, I read somewhere where he was probably in his early 30s Okay, at the time of this being made pastor of this church in Ephesus. Okay. Which I guess that qualifies as a young man. Yeah, yes. <laughs> young man keeps getting older and older for me all the time. <laughs> Actually, I had somebody call me young man recently, which mm-hmm. made me very happy. Yeah, yeah, wow. Anyway, back to the matter yeah. hand here. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so we have that that model of having been raised in the faith, and and we called this out I think a week or two ago that. Um, in this same letter, Paul describes the way things are designed to work within the family, where there's a man who is taking a, a, a um, sense of responsibility for the spiritual well-being of his family, and his wife is helping him in that, and the kids are raised in that, and Timothy didn't have that. And yet Timothy's the one who grows up to be a pastor. He, yeah. He's the one whose dad is nowhere in the picture, um, at least spiritually. Mm-hmm. But his God works through his mom. God works through his grandma. And God... Uh, He's shepherded within his own home. And perhaps others, right? Yeah, and perhaps As others, we all, yeah. You know, I always think about in my formative years, <clears throat> it was certainly my mom and dad were first and foremost in terms of delivering the faith, delivering the Christian doctrine and teaching to me. But it was so many other people, you know, friends of the family, aunts, uncles, grandparents. <clears throat> and it's that great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews. And, you know, we get that brief phrase here, again in the NIV, and of the good teaching that you have followed. Mm. And so certainly it's probably Paul who's front and center as far as who's been teaching him. But I can't help but wonder if it's grandmother, mother, and multitudes of others. Yeah. Yeah, well, certainly Paul. uh, Paul talks about Timothy as his true child in the faith. and. So he certainly was was somebody who filled a a void there, too. And we all need that. We do need that great cloud of witnesses. And we need to be part of that for others. Yeah, and it's really neat when you recognize in the moment that you are, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Verse 9, it's like the third time or second or third time that we see this phrase. This (laughs) is a trustworthy Mm -hmm. saying. And we're going to hear it actually again Mm -hmm. after this. why does Paul emphasize, hey, pay attention to this. This is trustworthy. You can count on this. This is dependable. And it deserves full acceptance. And then he continues, and for this we labor and strive that we have put our hope in the living God, mm. who is the Savior of all men, especially for those who believe. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. I don't know whether that's meant to point forward or backward. Mm-hmm. Because because after that you get the we have our hope set on the living God but he's got that phrase in there about toiling and striving 
Before this, he's talking about godliness and saying bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way because it holds promise not just for right now, but for also for eternal life. It's both. And that also is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance to, to recognize that whatever other pursuits I might have that I want to get good at or excel, godliness is going to surpass them all by far as far as importance and impact in my life and others. That's... Uh, um that train yourself for godliness and then the way he points out for while bodily training is of some value godliness is of value in every way that sometimes when i think of training myself for godliness i'm thinking of the physical actions of i need to like sit down i have to focus i have to read the bible like they're physical actions that i'm doing but he separates physical actions from this idea and is the the training is like of your thoughts mm-hmm. and not I mean it kind of go those all those the physical things that we do around training our thoughts are all good and helpful but um, how our mind has to be trained as well as um, our actions yeah that's well a couple things come to mind one of them Jesus, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, describes the house that's built on a rock, right? And he says, this is the one who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice, which is really about, it starts with your thoughts. You can't do where your mind hasn't already been, right? So there's there's that application of, it's not just hearing the word, it's putting it into practice. The man whose house falls down also heard the teachings of Jesus, but did not put them into practice when you read that. And so, so yeah, it's certainly a good habit to have quiet time with God every day, open the Bible as part of that, because we have the great privilege of having the printed scriptures in our hands. Uh, But if, if I'm not doing it, if it's not making an impact, uh, that's, that's certainly not um, this training in godliness that Paul's describing. And, you know, just as a reality check, um, the printed scriptures, the ability to read the Bible in your home is only existed for 25% of Christian history. For three quarters, you heard it, you retained what you could in your mind, and you lived it. And that's your training for godliness. And so, uh, you know, the, for if, if you're beating yourself up, because we keep talking about being in the Word, but all you get is this podcast and church on Sunday, uh, live it. <laughs> and let God go to work in 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 that. And at some point, perhaps it'll create a hunger and some opportunity for it to be in the scriptures in another way. But uh, if you're hearing the word and putting it into practice, you will be growing. That's what Jesus promises. You're building your house on a solid foundation. And I can't help but feel like sometimes there is a physical aspect to our spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And that we do need to be disciplined sometimes of setting aside a certain amount Mm -hmm. of time and of being in a certain location, perhaps. Whatever is helpful to you as an individual, um, do it. so that, um, And know also that Satan's going to be working overtime to disrupt that and put obstacles in your path to get you to not do what you're determined to do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there, there has to be a mental discipline to deciding that this is important and that you're going to make time for it in your day. Yeah. There's uh, my, I've probably mentioned this in other contexts, but uh, for me, it helps to to pair my devotion, my quiet time with God with something physical and concrete. So right now that physical concrete thing is a cup of coffee. It's the start of the day, cup of coffee. At times it's been a glass of wine in the evening 
and I have a glass of wine with God, and that's my my, my routine. And uh, kind of like Paul said in the the previous chapter, um, you know, there's these good things that God has given for us to receive with Thanksgiving. Well, why not pair one of those good things, receive it with Thanksgiving, and spend your time with the one who gave it to you? Yeah, there's to me that makes a lot of sense, and uh, so that can be a great way. Um, you know, maybe you listen to this podcast while you're enjoying chance to go on a walk or something like that. And, um, that's a, another good way to kind of build those habits and train yourself for godliness by letting the word of God get in you. We're certainly, we certainly, excuse me, we understand that concept when it comes to other things in life. We were talking about this recently about how we know that if we want to be financially healthy, there's daily decisions we need to make mm-hmm. to make that a reality. Or if we want to be physically healthy, you know, going for walks or eating the right foods. There's the same thing is true with spiritual health. There's decisions you need to make and daily decisions that are going to affect how good you are at that. You know, if you're going to endeavor to read the Bible, even if it's a, a verse or a chapter, and, and yet at the same time you want to have the TV on, you need to understand that you're probably going to be compromised <laughs> in some way. <laughs> that you're not going to be able to give your full and complete attention to what it is you're reading. And um, you're not going to enjoy what's on TV either. And you're not going to enjoy what's on TV. <laughs> you might as well choose between the two. Exactly. I, I guess that's kind of what I mean when it says, when it, when I say there's certain decisions you need to make Yeah. to make it more healthy for you. Yeah. I remember reading a mom's devotion um, she must have had a lot of kids or something. Remind me of Mother Hubbard. I don't know, but um, she would, when she'd read her Bible, she would like put a blanket over her head, and she'd just <laughs> sit in the middle of the kids and put this blanket over her head, and they knew then, Mom's reading her Bible. You gotta be quiet. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say, as Christians, we never do anything simply for show, but as role models, there is an aspect of. I want to demonstrate for you what it means to be in God's word. And so you have to have that in the back of your mind. If you're if there's eyes on you in your household, be cognizant of that and make sure that they're seeing you do things that are healthy for you and good, not just physically, mm-hmm. but spiritually. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to uh, use that. So we're talking about this training in godliness then the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. And then to this end, we toil and strive. And so there's that toil, that striving, that effort, that making decisions. There's, I mean, Lutherans would say there's a lot of law that we've just thrown at you. There's a lot of do this and do that. And then Paul, because Paul is well, writing by the Spirit, I guess, he knows what we need. Uh, because we have our hopes set on the living God, who's the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. This all comes because you have a Savior. Yeah. It's a privilege to be able to to know this Savior, to to have that the the truths that you can be that pillar and buttress of the truth. Truth we talked about last time. It's it's an incredible gift, and so the the reason for the training in godliness is because of what you've already been given, because you have a living God who actively wants a relationship with you, meets you in His Word, comforts you with with His grace and His forgiveness, who is your Savior. And who saves you as you believe in him. And so for all those reasons, that's that's why we train, right? Yeah. To know him. I think verse 16 has a lot for us too. Mm. Um, in the NIV, it, it reads like this. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Mm-hmm. 
and I just it would just take that little sentence, how instructive it is, and it's a good reminder for us. Doctrine matters. Mm-hmm. And we unfortunately are living in a culture within Christianity where doctrine, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, doctrine sometimes gets left on the wayside, traded in for something that's maybe easier on the ears, so to speak, uh, more palatable to the unbelieving world, but then the body of Christ suffers as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think that covers the the spectrum, life and a doctrine, or ESV says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching mm-hmm. and persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. And so Timothy, as a preacher, he has hearers who are watching, who are watching his life closely. And so if he doesn't watch his life, they will. And no, it's interesting. You said in the ESV it says persist in this. Mm-hmm. The NIV has persevere. Mm. And persevere kind of can... It assumes opposition. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like, I mean, I don't like, I don't like opposition, but I, I <laughs> like that application because it speaks to our reality. You know, we're not in, I, I'm going to go back to that phrase I used in a few podcasts ago, the, the militant church. And that is the fact that we live in, a, in, a, in spiritual warfare every day. And so we should not expect, nor will we get, an easy path in life Mm -hmm. but paul is telling us here persevere persevere Mm -hmm. in your doctrine persevere in your walk Mm -hmm. and as a result both yourself and your hearers will be saved yeah yeah that that church militant i don't know what my mind is going to martin luther and just recognizing that that you still live in a world that is opposed to to the truth that you yourself have an enemy on the inside, right? You've got your own flesh and blood, which is constantly going to veer you towards sin and the devil who's a liar and the father of lies. And with those three enemies, there is always a battle to fight. So watch your life and watch your doctrine closely. And um, that's obviously that's critical for a preacher because I'm going to be judged not just on what I believe, but also on what I have given others to believe. And so for me that's that's critical but uh, for for all of us as followers of Jesus um the, the am i make am i becoming susceptible to what my society is teaching because it's easier rather than holding to the truth of one god one one way to salvation mm-hmm. um that's always the first thing satan goes after because mm-hmm. once he gets that he gets Jesus right um, or whatever else the false teaching might be, but th- there we all need to be um, village, vigilant. Um, and that leads to, again, something that was mentioned in a previous podcast. We need the body of Christ around us mm-hmm. because that's how we persevere with, with one another. It's, it, we're, we're better together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God has designed his church to be a community. We're not intended to be Lone Rangers, like you said, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be dependent upon one another, interdependent. There's a stained glass window. I, I want to say it's at Trinity, unless I might be confusing it with my home church, Mount Calvary, which has many beautiful stained glass windows. But the image is of a ship uh, at sea with a, a banner that has the cross on it. And it's, it's the symbol for the church militant, which is to say that we're always, we're, we're kind of a, I think back in, in centuries ago, 
the church, the, the sea was always considered to be a dangerous and violent place. And so the church is this boat in a dangerous and violent place. And it's not near a shore. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to find its haven until Jesus comes back again. But even church architecture has bought into that image of the, of the church as a ship. Because when you look at the way churches are structured, you look up to the ceiling and it's like you're looking at the hull mm-hmm. of a ship. Yeah, a ship flipped upside down. Flip, a, yeah. a ship flipped upside down, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know, my mind went to that as I was hearing you talk about how we need to be um, persis- persistent and persevering. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we need to do that within the context of the church. Yeah, and it, that that need for each other is kind of implicit in all that Paul is saying here. Uh, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example. There's an assumption that they need Timothy, right? They they need his shepherding, and they're not going to be just fine without him. And in the same, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Mm-hmm. There's this image of of God's people coming around Timothy and. Um, God giving a gift through them, and uh, so it's it's just implicit in really the whole New Testament that we do need each other. And you mentioned just for encouragement as we persevere. Sometimes we need it for accountability, or because I, you know I'm not objective when it comes to myself. So somebody else can help me recognize if I'm becoming um, you know kind of swept up in the world, or um, if I'm starting to neglect the things that are most important. Um, I, I mentioned. Uh, before meeting regularly with a good friend and pastor, and and we use something um, called the seven big questions. I think that Chuck Swindoll wrote, where we it's just seven questions that guys need to answer <laughs> because it's where, it's where we're susceptible to temptation, and so it gives us this this monthly opportunity to to um, with a brother in Christ look in the mirror, and I see myself more accurately when there's somebody else sitting there with me. So um, yeah. I guess we're kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but so important and so helpful. And so, again, if you know, if as you are listening to this, if this is how you're connecting with God's word and it's serving you well, um, that's that's great. And we praise God for that. It's please have build relationships, find that Christian brother or sister in Christ uh, with whom you can um, seek the kingdom of God together. Reading verse 14 reminded me of this image that I'm glad we haven't let go of in the church when a young man is ordained into the ministry of the laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. It's more than just a a symbolic thing. In this case, you can really see that um, in the NIV it says, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I don't know what he's talking about there, what that gift was, but it, it had to have been something that Timothy was aware of or made aware of in that moment. Yeah. I, I um, suspect it's in the previous verse, the reading of Scripture, exhortation, teaching, that he's been given a gift for communicating the gospel. Yeah. And that that's what Paul is saying. Don't neglect that because it matters matters so much. Mm-hmm. Any Last words? As we come to the end of this podcast? Well, I think it's worth just, uh, well, 
Verse 6, where we started. If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Again, we're reading a letter written to a pastor. But what Paul says to the pastor pastor is, hey, the stuff I'm saying to you, say it to them because they need it too, right? And so there's a trickle down of what it means to be a man of God who's shepherding a church to what it means to be a man or woman of God who's shepherding children, family, yourself, whoever it is that God has put in your sphere of influence. And uh, so um, not, not everything translates immediately, but that the heart is what we're really about here. And it's that heart that cares about the spiritual well-being of the people God has placed in your life. And so you see that reflected in Timothy, and for the, the, because of that, then you know, do not neglect the public reading of Scripture. Because of that, uh, persist in keeping the watch on yourself and on the teaching. And, and your because of that might look a little bit different. Right? It might just be because of that, I'm going to make sure my family is in church every single Sunday. Or because of that, I'm going to uh, spend some time doing a memory verse with the kids every night. Or you know, whatever it is, your because of that might look different. But it comes out of that same heart that that God has placed into his church to care about one another and to care most of all about the things that matter most, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, who is the only way and the only truth and the only life. And that's really the objective of this podcast is to take these teachings and communicate them to you. Hopefully, as you're listening, um, if you have your Bibles open while you're listening, you can be following verse by verse with us through this, which is so helpful. Um, but we are grateful for the fact that you're making this a priority for your life, and we pray that it's bearing fruit for you. Um, we enjoy this process, and we're uh, blessed to be able to do this. And so until we meet again uh, in our next podcast, on behalf of Pastor Carl and Angela, um, may God bless the rest of your day, and we'll see you back here again in the uh, Heart of a Shepherd podcast. <laughs>